Welcome to another episode of the Florida Culture Podcast, the soccer podcast for us, by uh, us. It's the best kept secret soccer today. Got your boy Grego here. Got TK. Hey. Got, got Rashad. The what? You're back, man. What? I'm back. Tommy back? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy is back from his job. <laughs> Tommy back from his job. Coach is here. Oh, we got our friends from Atlanta United Fan TV. Got AJ, got Tanner. What is going on, gents? How y'all feeling, man? What's up, gents? I'm doing all right. Manchester United is doing all right right now. Things could be worse, although Liverpool are probably going to end up winning the Club World Cup. But, hey, maybe Flamengo can pull a 1981 and beat their ass 3-0 again. That's what I'm talking about. So, yes, we decided to do a, a, a super episode here. We're here at Camellia's down here on in uh, Little Five in off Moreland. Shout out to them for for letting us uh, kick it off here. Yeah, you know what? I'm getting out. You know, it's supposed to be a festive time right now. I'm gonna go ahead and get right into that bullshit right here. What the fuck was Siri I uh, thinking? Oh my god! You wearing an Italian? You know, I'm wearing. Top I'm, right I'm, 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 I'm wearing. I'm repping Edgar Davis. <laughs> you wearing an Italian top right now? <laughs> I'm repping Edgar Davis. That's what I'm doing. Which is classic. Yes. FTCUTD.myshopify.com. Get you one. But yes. So, Syria, we're getting this racism shit. Because actually, it's a good time of the year. We're going to get this racism shit out of the way right now. So, Syria decided, hey, let's go ahead and, and, and fight racism. And what? And how, and how did they do this? They got a white man to make pictures of monkeys. They're just trolling, man. They are trolling. Like, 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 serious, right? Question. It's serious. They are. are you a monkey? <laughs> We're all monkeys. monkeys. Are we? Dude, I'm not even entertaining that, man. Like, seriously. Are we recording like, that guy? Like, they have to be trolling. There's, I mean, there, it's, you know, easily you can say it's tone deaf and, you know. there's we did. It's, that's the safe way I'm going to say. They're, they just didn't realize they thought they were really good. Nah, man, like. What the it's, it's laughable. It's so, laughable at this moment. They pass through a lot of levels to People get there, like, too. Yeah, that does like, Okay. Hey, okay. John, yeah, you okay. like this. Okay. <laughs> this is a country that ran a Black Friday happened a couple exactly. weeks ago. Which They're so like, We here at Port- I genuinely don't understand what's going on in We here at Border Culture, you know, of course, we have our racist encounter for soccer incidents. We decided, you know, we're going to give Italy their own spinoff counter because we can't keep up with all the dumb shit that they're doing. Because I'm like, what in the entire fuck? I mean, it's... I can't remember well if we talked about it on the show, but, like, how real it would be, like, if all black players in Italy were, like... Deuces. Pieces. F this. <laughs> I, 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 they should. Reggie been talking about that for a hot minute. Like, you know, just say, hey, get, like, get all the, call your agents. We're like, hey, like, we got to go. It's, it's, and, and it's, yeah. and, you know, of course, you know, just to back, backtrack real quick. So, Syria decided, let's, let's do a campaign with basically images of three monkeys. The, the monkeys had essentially, was, Basically, did soccer ball designs on their faces for what reason? I have no idea how that was. That was new Planet of the Apes movie coming out. Exactly. I, like I, thought it was like, I thought it was like Planet of the Apes mixed with Tron or something. Like, what the? And then that's how say no to racism. What? What? What, an ape? I'm like, it's one of those things where I'm like, what were you thinking? They can't double down on it. Okay. <laughs> one had absolutely double down. One one of the monkeys had white people eyes. One of the monkeys had black people eyes. One of the monkeys had Asian people eyes. I'm not sure how that matters because you can be any race and have any color eyes depending on genetics. But sure, I guess is is that the WTF of the year? It might be the WTF of the year. Yeah, it might be a WTF of the year. So, here, here's what what the uh, Italian government, uh, no, no, Italian government, um, the, 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 the Italian Federation. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. the, the, the official quotes are pretty ridiculous. This guy says he he gathered inspiration from. If anything, uh, we are all monkeys. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, Charles Darwin. Exactly. Thank, yeah, take it there. Um, it's a quote. Dice is a marrow. They got SM, FDB. Look that up. <laughs> um, I know it's not a family show, but still, uh, I'm going to hold myself. Like, it, 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 it really does feel like someone's trolling us on this shit. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, in the fact that, like, every week, 
It's just we are I mean, think about all the shit we've already had so far this year. You had the Monkey Chance with Rumble Lukaku at Cagliari. You had the Black Friday headlines. You had the owner of Brescia making fun of Mario Balotelli for His being black. His Bruh. own player. Bruh. All of these things have happened already this year. Then you double down and tell us what's racist well, and not. Then, then you come with this campaign and then you say what's racist and what's not. Okay. All I have to say sure. is reset the counter. Dude, we, no, just leave the counter at zero every day. Just tweet it out because you know something happened. Whether you saw it or not, some it, shit it, happened. This is going to stay zero. The counter is like, like I said, Italy's got their own spinoff. We're going to call it Le Counter or, Le, or Dick Counter. I don't know. But yeah, that, like... Italy just got glad to have their own shit because yeah, that's just absolutely no, I ridiculous. Mean, but, I, you gotta think as a as a, a player of color going over to Italy and like that. That's something. I mean, they, you already know that's the thing. Like they uh, being a person of color going to some of these countries that are you know not really recognizing you know racial issues or whatever. You know that's always an issue. But the fact that. And, and also social media plays a factor to it because we just we have more people who are able to record stuff and everything like we witness it a little bit better but it's a verification exactly yeah evidence. yeah the evidence of it is, is a little bit more apparent than ever before but at the same time as a as a you know as a professional footballer like if I'm talking my agent I'm saying absolutely no to any I mean like to the even Juve enter AC Milan if they come knocking I'm like I'm sorry if y'all offer me this then I'm gonna have to look at somewhere else come on to Manchester United we'll take you probably Lukaku was there and I think everyone who was like okay yeah you're gonna go to Italy and immediately get racially abused and what happened he immediately got got racially racially abused abused. I mean it was like I'm pretty sure like the first day he got there there were racist comments made I think by the Inter Milan ultras about him so it's just like this is what you're getting from Serie A And, and the thing is is that I think Serie A is one of the few big leagues still in Europe that a lot of the influence of the ultra culture is still massive there. Whether whatever club it is, the ultras have massive influence. And you had uh, Verona recently; they racially abused. It was, I believe it was Mario Balotelli, and then you had the Brescia ultras come out and agree that it was okay. I mean, after earlier having the Inter Milan ultras say, "No, it's actually a sign of respect when we racially abuse you." Like. Man, what? Italy is canceled. What is this country doing? <laughs> it's funny, dude. Like, I came and like. I think it was Dimbaba that said that. I think I think he said something along the lines of all Italian. Play- I mean, all players of color should not be playing in Italy, and and it's I it, I think that they should all just throw up the deuces and peace out because clearly you have no protection from either the the league or the federation. It's falling on a lot of individual teams. Those teams, specifically, I think AS Roma, who's owned by an American, a part owner of the Boston Celtics, they're the ones that are taking it a lot and saying this is wrong. AC Milan has set up and said this is wrong. I think a lot of these teams have no faith that the league is going to help them out in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that that's the case is absolutely despicable. Well, the thing that we also got to keep in mind, and like whenever I have these discussions out in public with people, we, as you know, people from the United States, we take it for granted because we had a civil rights movement. You know, we had something where... But even know, the, so, look at what, what's the case today, especially for people of color in the United States. I mean, it's nothing compared oh, no. to there, but... Oh, I'm not saying we saw this. People did. I forgot about that. That was a few years ago. They, they did solve racism. Forgot about that. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, like, no, the fact that, like, we went through a civil rights era in the United States, there's more of a social awareness of it. Whereas when you get into these pockets of European countries or wherever, like, they didn't have that shit to go through. And so, they didn't have that reckoning. Right, and so you didn't have that awareness. So, like, if you get into these podunk towns of Italy where these assholes they're like no I'm gonna express my feelings anything that's different to me yeah I'm gonna make fun of it I'm gonna capitalize off of that any way I can to you know get a you know the upper hand on someone in a sporting match this makes no fucking sense it makes no sense keeps my language but sorry I think that's more <laughs> well, I think something else that you guys think is pretty crazy is the fact that to tie this in with something that happened in La Liga this past weekend where you had the first ever match abandoned at halftime because the guy who plays uh, 
I forget which team it was, uh, Albacete, I believe, he plays for Albacete in La Liga, was being abused not for his race, for his sexual orientation, but for his political beliefs because on social media he has posted things that show that he might have far-right or Nazi leanings. And they stopped a game in Serie A because the fans were calling this guy a Nazi all game, saying, we don't want you here. So they stopped a game because the guy got called a Nazi, but they won't stop a game when players are getting racially abused. Tell me how that makes any sense. You know, Spain's, Spain's, Spain's been having, you know, their fair share of, you know, political uh, unrest, of course. Uh, we just uh, had El Clasico, uh, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. Like, this game was supposed to happen back in, what, October, I think? And they, it got postponed because of political unrest in Catalonia, where yeah. Barcelona is. And uh, they had a day, of course, they still had protests on, during the game on today where they were, like, throwing, like, like beach balls with, like, political messages, balloons uh, with messages. And, you know, like, of course, the, the game was nil-nil. That's the, fir- the first. 17 go- years. The first uh, goal was draw, draw in 17 years. And it's like, yeah, man. Like, it, it's, it's crazy, like, how, you know, of course, we can say the same thing about, about America as well. But it's like, it's funny, like, like what people will stand up for and be like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let that slide. Like, it's, it's, it absolutely, like, boggles my mind. But uh, We'll stand up for some cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Don't, 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 our enemies at hand, Liverpool, are over. Is it, is it in Qatar this year? What? Yep. Okay. It's so it's in Doha. So they, uh, mind you, they just had a, a League Cup game where they got smoked by Aston Villa yesterday. They had, they basically had to field a team of like essentially like under night under twenty players to to play that game, and and they got rightfully smoked. They came over to, uh, of course, the main senior squad went over to uh, Qatar. And uh, played uh, uh, Monterey, uh, our our Concacaf champs, and Monterey actually gave them a, a nice little run for the money. Like you know, it, like uh, Liverpool did, didn't pull out until like, like like damn near like the very end. And it's funny, like how, I, of course, we were talking about it on on, on Twitter uh, during the game, and you know, people are like, you know, of course, we were what we were saying was that. You know, Real is getting them a good game, and like, of course, you know, you had the the sympathists is like, yeah, but you know, Liverpool didn't play all their players, yada yada yada. I'm like, basically, they gave the same excuse for them as uh, Monterey fans gave when they played us, and I'm like, hey, play the game, you know, like, you know, because you you can't just rely on Allison and just save everything and hope that's going to going to get you through the, through the game. But um, like, did y'all watch the game by chance? I saw a few bits of it. I think the funniest part of the whole game was that Jurgen Klopp and the manager of Monterey got into a shouting match and both got yellow cards at the same time, which was hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah, Jurgen thought he was about to get away without getting the yellow, and then he turned around and was like, nah, bro. What? You too. Yeah, like, that, that's what tripped me up for a quick second. I was like, hold up. He's already like he's in cutter. I'm like, who? I had to go back and read us. Like the under twenty three coach managed the Liverpool uh, squad for the League Cup match. I was like, man, I just left them all hanging. I was like, that's just. I mean, crazy. in regards to their League Cup team, the team that they put out to face Aston Villa had a combined fourteen senior appearances between all of them. So it's not shocking that they got clapped by a pretty full-strength Aston Villa side who is a team of seasoned vets. And I think it kind of puts a highlight on the fact that you can have a lot of talented youngsters and they can have a lot of technical ability, which arguably they did. They created a few chances. But when you play a team of seasoned pros who've been playing in the Premier League and in the championship. Grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. It's it's always going to be difficult for those kids. Now it's going to be a good experience for them. But for me, I'm personally fine with them getting clapped five 0 because I'm a United <laughs> fan. So if Liverpool lose every game they play, I'm still not going to be happy. And, and then, and then because they are going to the final, of course, that means that the senior squad has to uh, the they have to do more replacements for the for the league action on on this weekend. It's like well, they want to have a league game that, this weekend. That game oh, so, been, so, so yeah, the postponed. Okay, it's TBA. 
Okay, okay. So yeah, I was like, I was about to say, I was like, yeah, like I'll just try to just squeeze them up for everything. Like, <laughs> no, they, they're gonna play favorites. <laughs> I felt bad for like the kit manager for because like they had to put numbers like nobody's seen <laughs> like fifty four. There's nothing lower like, than fifty four. They were like, who? It can't be like that friendly lane I had against Tijuana where they had guys like a hundred and ninety seven lining out on the field. It's like, yo, my guy, what? Who's got a three digit number running around in the field, my dude? Oh God! But yeah, the Liverpool's gonna be playing Flamingo in the final on Saturday, twelve thirty um, Eastern Peace, uh Standard Time. And like I've I've watched more FS2 this week than I think I've ever have ever between World Club World Cup and then of course they were playing Bundesliga action as well. And I was like, oh, this this is what FS2 does. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I see. Dude, it's a plug, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I get to work at nine, and I turn it on at nine thirty. <laughs> so you don't work. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's for him to know and his bosses to never find out. Ideally, I'm a manager. Hey, boss, he ain't working. <laughs> I think what's interesting, really and I mentioned it in the uh, in the intro, is the last time that Liverpool and Flamengo met in a competitive competition was back in 1981 in what used to be the Intercontinental Cup, which is where you'd have the winner of the um, Copa Libertadores play the winner of the what was then the European Cup, and they got absolutely clattered. And this is a great Liverpool side, by the way. Got absolutely clattered by Flamengo, three 0 Zico was man of the match. It was beautiful from everything that I've heard. I wasn't obviously not alive at the time. I was obviously not alive at the time, but I went back and watched highlights and read about it. And guess what? I, I, I took joy from knowing that Liverpool got clapped in the time I wasn't alive. I'm always about that line. No, I appreciate you doing your research stuff. But, no, but you know, it's, it's one of those things to where, you know, it's, it, it's never a good time to play Club World Cup, and that's all. Like, of course, you know they're 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 moving in a couple of years to where where it's going to be like basically like a super Club World Cup is like twenty fourteen. Twenty twenty one is going to be so dumb because it's going to be in June, and I think you're going to so have, have twenty four teams potentially, where you'll be in a group of three teams. You'll play twice, and you'll go into a knockout bracket. And mind you, this is in June after you've already been playing since August and preseason in July. So basically, like a World Cup, and they're like, like, but of course that means they can have it here. But why? That's true. That's true. So cute at third string players that we just saw today. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see injuries. I mean, the fact of the matter, you're going to see injuries. I mean, the the load that's going to happen, it's ridiculous. And I say that not in that match, but what you're going to see for guys playing 11 months out of the year. You're going to see injuries, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's always a risk. And I'm just like, you know, I think because I was uh, listening to World Soccer Talk last week and uh, they were talking about how basically the, the success of the International Champions Cup is kind of is kind of what spurred on uh, this Super Club World Cup. And I'm just like, is it really necessary, you know, like you really don't need to have like all like this whole comp- like this we don't whole- need it, but you know who needs it. FIFA always. I mean, always <laughs> I mean at the end of the day, we know what's worth to get paid. It, it, it's it's disgusting, but it is what it is. But yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, FS two like no, TK was bringing up um, what was it? Uh, Crystal Palace and Brighton the other day. Like, if you ever like you know, if you've never like really gotten into soccer like that. And you just watch games. You're just like, the atmosphere here is just fucking dope. And, like, they were just lit. And I was like, yo, like, I, I watched that whole match just, just for the fact that the fans were just, just so locked in and chanting and singing. And it was but like. I heard chants I recognized yeah. in that match, man. It was like. Well, it's interesting is I think a lot of people don't recognize the fact that Brighton and Crystal Palace is actually, like, a sort of derby. It's a big rivalry they've had since the 70s, and those two teams do not like each other. But also, Zellhurst Park has one of the best atmospheres in the Premier League. That's something that is consistently agreed upon by many fans. I have been to a game, but I have been down to Zellhurst. I tried to sneak into a Manchester United Crystal Palace game a few years back. Whoa, I did whoa, not whoa, make whoa. it in. <laughs> but uh, Where'd you take it at, bro? Exactly. There's a, there's a bit of history between those two teams as well, but it's, it's, it's an old stadium. It's you know, it's, it's in southeast London, but that is one of the places in the Premier League that has that old school English atmosphere where it's loud. Those fans are proud of their team, regardless of how much they're struggling. So it was a hell of an atmosphere, though. You're right. Yeah, it, like, 
and just I need to watch more Bundesliga clearly because, like I said, through FS2, I was watching uh, Dorbin and uh, RB Leipzig, Freiburg and Bayern. Bruh. So I just want to have a solid six months to where Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney are both God healthy. Me, man. That's really what all I want in my life. I wanted to cry when I saw that, man. Because like, <laughs> McKinney just uh, he, uh, got injured over the weekend, shoulder. dislocated his shoulder. I'm like out to February, Bruh, Like nope. now, now, mind you, like uh, I, I think it was. I listened to most of the show last week, but I don't think it was mentioned that uh, Tyler Adams just finally came back to training. So that finally, our long national nightmare may be finally coming to an end, where he's finally healthy and able to play. Because like he hasn't played really since last season, because he got hurt. Like I, I think they're like Gold Cup training, so or, or maybe like at, at the very end of last season, but. Yeah, like can we catch a break? I mean, I mean, Burhalter isn't going anywhere, and I'm just like, yo, like, bruh, like this is just, it, it, it's it's so depressing. But yeah, uh, swinging back over to to England, uh, we go, we go, we gonna turn this over to to AJ here, our our resident Arsenal fan since Ringo isn't here. I heard y'all got y'all y'all might have a manager or maybe not. Oh yeah, it's uh we're not doing right by Man City apparently, but uh so apparently Arteta may or may not be the guy, but he's pretty much through the door. It's just a matter of kind of dotting the T's and the I's, but it's also yeah, there's a transfer fee that we need to give to Man City. There's a conversation that we need to start with Man City. And, uh, yeah. So, hold on. We're going we're to we're make this deal without y'all. Just like, hey. <laughs> exactly. We're going to take your assistant coach, but, uh, oh, oh, you guys actually, you know, what, need to talk to us. It? What's yeah. compensation? Um, but, so it's a, it's a little bit of an awkward situation, even though they know pretty much what's going on. Uh, and, and in terms of Arteta being the guy, I mean, I, I'm I think unsure. it says a whole lot given that. <laughs> You're basically you going from you have never managed any club whatsoever. You basically you went straight yeah. from not even know, like U twenty threes or like he was he was Pep's number two at, 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 at Man City. Of course he he he, he came from Arsenal because he mm-hmm. um, he uh, he was our captain for five years. Yeah, and so basically he's coming back to Arsenal, and yeah, it's like what that says a lot about I guess what Pep's been doing. The fact that you say hey. We just take your assistant manager, and like, he hasn't done, done shit from anywhere else. But hey, we're gonna make him our manager. Yeah, through osmosis, he's gonna magically become the the guy that can take us from really the depths of the, the despair that we're in right now to uh, to where we really want to be. Uh, I mean, really, I just want a respectable defense that won't just ship goals every single game. So Every away Luis game there? is just a, a what? There's Luis there? <laughs> Luis there, yeah, I know. Please Coming from the Chelsea fans, you can, yeah. Um, Luis has been a nightmare a little bit. Um, yo, uh, I mean, okay. He's great on the ball, but he plays so <laughs> deep that he is ruining he's horrible like, every single counterattack that we, we face. Hey, for me, he's like uh, a moving fence with like a hole cut into it. <laughs> Defensively, yes. He, he leaks. Right. And I think we even tried him in midfield one time and uh, it went about as well as you would expect. It was just, yeah. Uh, it's a Have shambles. Did he scored a free kick? Is there? Huh? Uh, yeah, he scored a free kick, I think. Yeah. I think he did. Uh, he's, that's supposed but, to be the specialty. Yeah, exactly. And when you have – okay, that's kind of a crux of a problem too is if your center back is taking your free kicks, come on. Come on. You know, it's yeah. not like it's not like Sergio Ramos or something like that. That's a whole different deal. That's like a, a guy that's, you know, manhandling his way on the, the captain ship. But anyway, um, sorry, Real Madrid fans. But um, – I'm sorry. <laughs> But in terms of, yeah, in terms of Arteta, going back to Arteta, being the guy, um, it's just, there's so many unknowns, but in terms of, uh, the, the qualities that he does bring in terms of, uh, you know, he does kind of do the, uh, the tactics for, um, for Pep at times in terms of, uh, some of their training, uh, the stories about him kind of developing Raheem Sterling a little bit, that's great. Uh, but in terms of just, yeah, any sort of, just you want you want some qualitative uh, things that you can bring to like say oh yeah this would be a really inspired choice. There's just a lot lacking. So 
I think what's interesting is that the Arteta appointment kind of goes into this thing that seems to be happening at a lot of clubs now. I think it started a lot with Zinedine Zidane at Real Madrid, a guy who gets the club who played at the club. And then you see the same thing happening but he had with B squad experience, right? He did. You also saw the same thing with Manchester United appointing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. and then now with Chelsea appointing Frank Lampard. These are these people who they get the club or they get the culture of the club. It's these phrases that are getting tossed around. I think the interesting thing right now is that is Arteta going to be able to come in and do a similar job to Solskjaer in that? There's a toxic locker room there. There's a toxic mm-hmm. atmosphere. The squad is divided. You have factions, you know, all over the all over the gaff. Yeah, can I mean, he you, be the guy to come in and unite them and get them heading in the right direction, or at least get them in the right mental space to work as a team? Because right now, it doesn't even look like Arsenal functions as a team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the other day, Willie Aubameyang, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's brother on uh, social media was pretty much slating, uh, maybe that's a harsh word, but was saying that Arteta doesn't have experience just like Freddie. And, you know, that's a little bit worrying when you, the brother of your star striker is uh, saying that on social media. And it really kind of maybe outlines that there might be a divide at least in that, the that, locker room. At least it wasn't from a burner account, you know. So. Exactly, yeah, right. And so, I mean, he, he maybe knew what he was doing then in that regard. Um yeah, it, there's, it's just a mess right now. It's the, the worst we've been for a very, very long time. But, and, but you know, I, I think, I think it's a very precarious time for, mm-hmm. for Arsenal, just given that, you know, you're talking about, you're trying to, of course, you're still trying to stay within a top four, top, top six spot. That's gone. But if, yeah. <laughs> if, if that's even remotely possible. And then it's like, okay, you're, you're bringing in this guy. Granted, he's a club legend, but at the same time, He's never managed anywhere before. It's like, like, is he really going to get that same type of support? I would say club legend is uh, well, is maybe very, even high, this, too this high. This thing has been very loose. He's, with a, he's, he's been a captain of the the, the club, but uh, in terms of the legends have legend, been loose this decade. Yeah, I mean, Freddie is a legend. Yeah, you know what happens yeah. to Freddie though after exactly the, the, the appointment? Does he? he after I, I think he goes back to yeah, the, I mean, the reserves, right? No, well, he, last season he was the reserve, the U23's coach, but now he is the assistant coach essentially for, he was for Emery, and then now he's the, uh, you know, caretaker, of course. Uh, that's the question, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I think Arsenal still want to keep around, uh, but it's just a matter of, he has, yeah, he has mentioned, you know, there is a matter of, uh, he now has the taste of it, and now he may want to do it. Uh, but he still, he still like get his badges and everything. I think I, th- right. I guess like once he gets that straight, you know, we kind of go from there. But I think that yeah. like like I, I mentioned a couple weeks back, you know, my worry was that the things weren't going to turn around with him, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna it's Ooh, gonna it's put stock. some stink on him. Yeah. Well, there is a little bit of a stink, but the stink really belongs to the Crockies. The uh, the owner of the club, the uh, the whole family, they need to go. They, I agree. Or hire someone who knows what the fuck exactly. is going on. I mean, how to run a club. Right. The Cronkies, I think we've known in America what type of owners they are. They are kind of careless owners that really are just worried about the bottom line. Uh, if you look at the Colorado Rapids, uh, you know, you look at the the Rams and how that situation went. Not very whoa, 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 whoa! I'm a Rams fan. In terms Easy, of leave it out. Oh. We made a Super Bowl for the first time in like 20 years. Talk to last the St. Louis fans that are absolutely pissed at the Crockies as well. Join the club, but uh, so essentially, you know, this is since they've uh, had a piece of Arsenal, we have been going downhill. Since we've moved to the Emirates, we have been going downhill. It is just, it's a travesty for Arsenal fans. I know, I get it. You know, uh, play the tiny violin. Uh, but it is one of those things where, I mean, it's how far, ha- you know, we have come and how far we have fallen it is really the crux of it is the Crockies. Yeah, so thank you for watching Arsenal. I mean, Atlanta United. I mean, for the culture. But yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah but we quickly changed from all man you. Yeah, we, 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 we have diversified. We have diversified this. We have diversified ourselves. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not doing that shade of blue yet. We'll go blue, but we'll segue in a proper way. To, yeah, um, Angelotti. To Everton. Hold on. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, Carlo. Arsenal played Everton today in the EFL Cup. Does anyone know how that ended? Leicester no. played them. Arsenal lost the last round to Liverpool. Yeah. Yes. 
Wait. Did I write that down? Yes. Ah, shit. It's okay. We got you, my guy. It went to PKs. That's what it was. In typical Everton fashion, they broke their Everton fans' hearts. Leighton Bain scores a screamer in stoppage time at the end of the at the end of the second half. They end up going, yeah, looking like man, looking like Marcelo putting it top bins. They go to pins and then they lose. I'm fine with. But speaking of Marcelo, like like circle back to the El Clasico. I didn't realize Real Madrid had that many people like this hurt and injured. I was like, good lord. Yeah, I was like, Jesus. Like Marcelo, James, I was like, yeah, yeah. They they, they probably thought they had it. like this should be easy, but yeah, but yeah. Carlo Ancelotti, you know, it's, it's so weird that Arsenal is the big club and they go for the rookie, and Everton says, hey, we're going to go for the experience. And like you would think it would have been the other way around, all all things considered. But yeah, apparently he interviewed with Arsenal, and, and they said, no. yeah, they were like, okay, this is the thing as well. Sorry to harp on Arsenal guys, but essentially. Uh, it might seem like we're going a little bit of the controlling route where the head coach is someone that we can really just, you know, do, manhandle and yeah. say, hey, you know, you're going to do what we want. And then Carlos Ancelotti is more of a kind of manager type uh, versus Arteta head coach type. So, you know, they I actually, have a more I actually think it's a good move for Arsenal to not get Ancelotti. And here's why. And I still think it's a very curious move for Everton to do it. Throughout his career, Ancelotti has, especially in the last decade or so, he's been a guy that's taken over finished products. When you look at the team he won the double with at Chelsea, Mm -hmm. that was a completed team nearing the end of its cycle. He got out some tunes of some players who you thought were on the downside, and he got a tune out of them. PSG, he does really well with a a team in Ligue 1, obviously. They're going to be the best team. But... He still does well with him. Then he goes to Real Madrid. That team's pretty much complete. You have Cristiano Ronaldo in the side. He wins in La Decima. So then you have a guy, he goes then to Bayern side and struggles. He goes to Napoli and he struggles. Arsenal, they don't have their shit together. I think he would struggle there because for all intents and purposes, he's not a tactics guy. He's a very relaxed guy that allows players to go and do what they want to do. Players His coach, biggest yeah. criticism at Bayern was that he wasn't intense enough in the training sessions. And so I think it's a curious appointment by Everton as well because clearly they need some drilling. Clearly they need some discipline, which is how they got their reaction from Duncan Ferguson, who's supposed to stay on staff. But I'm curious to see like, what he like what he was doing. Yeah, I thought I was kind of like kind of disappointed that he, that he they didn't try to stick a little bit longer with uh, Duncan Ferguson. I was like, no. I don't know if I he's mean, a he full time manager. He beat y'all. He beat yeah. y'all. Yeah, he did. A loud voice only gets you so far. Though. But like for me, Duncan Ferguson is at best a stopgap. That shit he pulled with Moise Keane. And then for him to be, like, for me, on Moise Keane, the Italy shit he went through last year was just fucking ridiculous. Back to the racial abuse. Exactly. And then we're going to skip right back to it. To Like, you put this guy on at the 77th minute, and then yank him at the, like, 89th or something, or the 70th. It was, like, 20 minutes he's on the field. Like, pull one of the other fucking sex players on the field. Now, now in That's Duncan Ferguson's defense, team. in Duncan Ferguson's defense, watching that match and going back and watching it again, he was not doing anything that Duncan Ferguson asked. He was not tracking back. He was not holding any position. He was doing nothing that helped the team. He wasn't making runs forward when they were countering. So I understand Duncan Ferguson making that substitution because Moiskeen hasn't had a great go at Everton so far. To be honest, he probably doesn't understand a word of what Duncan Ferguson is saying either. So so I understand the sub in that he wasn't doing something, but also to then kind of make up these excuses afterwards kind of shows that maybe he lacks a little bit on the man management yeah, side, which is something you. that Carlo has in spades in terms of managing the squad I, and their egos. I think that broke the camel's back, and they were like, yeah, let's go ahead and spray for Ancelotti. You know, uh, listening to Duncan Ferguson speak, it actually reminds me of uh, – there's this uh, old YouTube video – of a Scottish guy talking to Siri and look like want some ch- some chimmy chips <laughs> and uh it's it's like yeah like I can only imagine like he's like what are you saying <laughs> or it's like that video of the two Scottish guys with the voice activated elevator <laughs> does not go well I think one of the interesting things about this appointment from Everton though is Everton have been investing a lot of money they have new ownership in Farad Mashiri they're trying to become a big boy club they have plans to build a new stadium on the waterfront in Liverpool and this is a big appointment for them I mean it sounds like it he's really going to be about 12 million pounds a year or so 15 15 million pounds a year or so. So that's a lot of money for a club like that saying, hey, we're hiring a guy that's won multiple European Cubs. We want to be amongst the big boys. But you know he's going to have money to spend in January. But as far as I'm concerned, that 
club, as much as they need to buy, they need to sell. They've got players on wages that aren't pulling their weight, and they've been spending money left, right, and center, and they've just got a mishmash of players that I don't think make any sense for any tactical system. That's wild. Uh, before we forget, uh, shout out to uh, Koya Barnes um, for uh, going out to Miami. Well, yeah, he lives down there, but um, <laughs> he, uh, he uh, was our co- coach correspondent down at uh, NBC Fan Fest. Got, got a lot of footage uh, down there. If you caught our, our stories over, over the past weekend. Yeah, yeah, got a yeah. special treat coming for y'all, man. Got a new sponsor. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, we're going to pay a quick bill. That fan fest was wild too. Did yeah. you see that? Did you, did you, did you see the woman that, the, the woman that dropped an F-bomb on yes. national TV? Bro. Rebecca Lowe was like, what is going on? And then she proposed to her man with a Liverpool scarf saying, you'll never walk alone if you marry me. It was like 11, 15. What was time. happening? I was so confused. <laughs> It was 11.15 on like a Saturday morning. She planned what was going on? She did not go to sleep. <laughs> she, she said sorry immediately, though. She was like, sorry. It's like, have you not been to Miami? Yeah, I have not been to Miami. El Paso. I said, we're, we're, we're working on getting out there ourselves, but yeah, uh, that, that, that was just wild. But yes, uh, thanks, thanks to Koya, uh, for, for doing that for us. You know, if, if you got something going on in your area and you, you want to wrap the culture, you know, let us know. Like I said, we'll, we'll definitely make you a, a culture correspondent. But yeah, on the flip side, we will talk, um, talk more stuff on, on the, on the state side. Charlotte finally getting announced and yeah, just, uh, hit, hit up, uh, the fan TV guys. But yeah, we'll be back and pay a bill. And we are back. So, you know, are, are you going to see Star Wars this weekend? Uh, it is? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> you, you, when you know, you oh, know. Oh, man. Hustle man on the corner got it already. No, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's all right these days. at Camp Creek World of Beverages already has it on DVD. <laughs> I'm telling you. Tell you. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that the <laughs> Bruh. He's got Harriet and 4K right now, too, man. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, cir- circling back over here to the state side. Uh, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, it finally became official this week. Charlotte became the 30th and, ap- and apparently last uh, MLS team to uh, to be announced. Here. Team number 30. Big air quotes, my guy. Yeah. Yes. Last, yeah. It's last until. <laughs> Somebody's got a bigger bag. Exactly. No, so that, that bag is. Let's do a comparison. Does anyone know what it was for uh, for Austin or Nashville? Well, Austin didn't have to because they were kind of grandfathered in. Oh, you're right, you're right. But, uh, but no, I think. Um, uh, or even Atlanta. Us was 70. 70? 70. 70. 70. Yeah. It was 10 for Toronto, right? Yeah, 10 for Toronto. Back for Even earlier this year, Sacramento and St. Louis paid 200 Yeah. And Charlotte <laughs> paid 325 25 wow. million. My guy. They were like, you know how many banks we got here, bro? You know, <laughs> the same guy the that bought the Panthers for a bill last year. Yeah. That, 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 that's, just, that's just wild to me. And I'm just like, Premier League teams like, <laughs> yeah, they're they were they're probably buying Newcastle for three hundred twenty-five million. They actually <laughs> wanted you to do it. Yeah, Mike actually like, yo, why why could why couldn't you put it over here, man? Like, I, I needed that, but no, I, sports direct. I, I gotta I, save I, the high street. I have a confession to make, and, and you know, it's, it's not easy for me to say this. I, I saw that price tag, and I was like, you know what? I actually think they might be done. Uh, I, well, uh, let me take that back. They still need to get the 32 teams because they need to get it back to an even split between East and West. But it's, but beyond that, I'm not sure how much more they can expand because I'm like, you got to think about it. You're paying – Charlotte just paid 325 for to get in. So you're talking about probably Team 31, Team 32, all the way up – just the 36. That's you're probably, the baseline. You're talking $500 million for a for a league that still struggles with visibility. Would you pay an expansion fee or just buy one of the teams that's already there? There you go. And and it's one of those things where I'm just like, is it really gonna be worth it to, to keep expanding? Because I can't I can't see where I said five hundred million for an MLS team and, and and that's just a fee. You haven't even talk you haven't even got to the, the stadium. You also said the split between east and west 
Is Charlotte going to be in the West too? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They are West North Carolina. What's four hours north? But you know, it, but you know three what? Three hours east. But that's a tricky thing because, like, I actually was looking at at the footprint uh, now with Charlotte, and I was like, I don't know, like, like who who goes west because, of course, like we mentioned the other week, Nashville right for next season is going out west, and I'm like, here, here's the tricky part that you have, that you had to kind of figure out. <laughs> Everyone wants to be around Chicago right now because you have St. Louis. That's of course you want to you want to build up that rivalry. You, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. That's still not too far away, and, and the closest um, team that they have to them is Chicago. Then, of course, you have so with St. Louis. You have Kansas City that you want, probably want to build up that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, there's no easy way to split that up. And I'm just like, I don't know how to. I, like, I don't, I don't know how that's going, it's going to work. Even if you do go to 32, I'm like, yeah, unless unless you have. Unless both of those teams are out west, which is totally possible, because you have Phoenix and San Diego and Vegas that are that were up there trying trying to get a, get a bid going, but um, but yeah, it's 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 tough. Well, it's going to get weird because the more you expand, the more you're kind of looking at kind of what you see in college football, where you're going to have to play everyone in your conference twice. I think that's something that everyone agrees upon. So if you have 16 teams in your conference, mm-hmm. you have to play all those teams twice. That's 30 games right there. Yeah. Now, are you still playing a 34 league game schedule? You move them to 38. If you're moving up to 38, you're still only playing half the teams out in the Western Conference. So if you have protected rivalries, now you have that in place. This means you're only going to see some teams every, what, two, three seasons? Yeah. How's that going to work? You know, uh, Ringo had brought up the idea about doing the three conferences. And, like, honestly, at this point, I'm like, that might ha- have to be what happens here because I don't see how it works any other way, at least as far as like, just splitting the teams up. But, uh, but, but as far as the schedule goes, like – Especially given, like, of course, we can go about this the this whole schedule shit all day long. But I don't. You're talking about adding another four games when you're already having the compressed season as is, and I'm just like, I don't. M- MLS is making a mess, but it doesn't have to be a mess, and it's it's absolutely maddening at this point. And yeah. Do we become a watered down league? Well, you look at the English I, League Championship. They play what forty six games a season. Jesus, but, I but, mean, but they still have a whole. What, they have a whole ten months. Like we're we're working with seven, maybe. Exactly. I mean, it, I think the league is just it's such in a weird place because it felt like for a second there after Atlanta United joined, and obviously we're all going to be a bit biased, but it seemed like there was a little bit of a plan as far as expansion was going. It's like well, they're going to slowly do this and make everything work. And the last two years, it just seems like, oh shit, you got a few hundred million you want to throw at it? Come on in. Come and, on in. And that's in. always been the thing. Like, you know, like, they, they've always been suckers for like, hey, you got the cash, you got the money, honey, I got the time. And, but like I said, it's going to get to the point, like, I've always said that there's going to come to a point where those expansion fees dry up and then you got to figure out, okay, oh shit, we actually had to develop a good product on the field. And I think that we're just about at that point. And, and, um, you know, it's one of those things to where I don't know what the answer is here because there might have to be maybe some like relocation, kind of how the other major sports leagues in the United States kind of do. But you know, that's, so. that's, the, that's the thing though, because of course you, you have, you saw what happened with Columbus in, in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I think that just given how soccer is just in general, mm-hmm. I think that you're going to find more pushback as far as teams relocating mm-hmm. so uh, I think that you're going to have to fi- figure out a way to to find some type of balance in between expanding and but at the same time keeping some type of coherence because I, I think in this next decade they're going to have to have to have a real come to Jesus moment as far as like that you know, like I said, we can. Ha- we can- yeah, it ain't gonna happen. I'm telling you what, it's not gonna happen. This model's been replicated throughout U.S. soccer for decades. Our whole youth system is based upon monetizing, and anytime there's people that come with money and they're like, "Yes, we will take that. We will pimp ourselves out to take the money for anything." But Tony, can we do whatever? U.S. Soccer Federation, MLS, it don't matter, man. They'll take that money. It does not matter. And I'm seeing it right now in youth soccer. You see the same thing on the pro level. They don't care about the if you got cash money, we will take it. We are not worried about the end game. How, how do kids got pro well? We don't, man. Like, can, can, can we talk about all the holidays, man? Can we do that, man? 
sorry. I mean, are you, are you, are you ever, that's the sad thing is that the more you expand, obviously people are going to be like, look, you know, you, USL is growing, I think, in a strong way. Yeah, they are. And it would make sense if you did have eventually an American Premier League with maybe 20 teams if you had a promotion relegation. But how are you going to convince anyone to do that in the next decade when you're paying over a quarter of a billion dollars to get a team in the first place? You're not going to hey, risk that investment. Yes and no. But, of course, I, I, I think it's possible. But at the same time, I think the way that it would probably happen here would not be the same way that you would probably see it overseas. It'd be a very American way. Like I said, man, it's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like five hours over the over, over the holidays, man. I got you. Man. Uh, I think the one thing I think the one thing you can I got something to do. It's called I think, not I think, be here. I think the one thing you can guarantee I, 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 got, I got charts. I got I got, I got diagrams. I got you, man. I got flip charts. The whole thing. I think the one thing you can guarantee is that people. I think have been trying to make the supporter shield be a little bit more important. I think that's dead because you have no balance in the schedule. So how can the oh, supporter yeah. shield mean anything important at all? If no one's playing anything close to the same schedule, that is, that is very yeah, true. I, I think that's a great point. And then you got the open cup, which is like the FA cup of America. But I think if they restructured it to be a little bit more inclusive to the, the, the lower league teams, and then we figure oh, out whatever kind of structure. So like, you know? like, like there's been a lot, like uh, this isn't part of the, part of the, the rundown but like there's been like a lot of uh, a, a couple of uh, U, uh, League 2 and uh, and uh, MPSL teams that have been like hey we can't do the, the US Open Cup now because we can't play our college players so they're like hey we're, we're not doing Open Cup and I'm like just to say that just to put it out, out there real quick you're talking about you're bitching about not being able to play your unpaid interns I, I, I find no sympathy there I'm <laughs> like no I think one thing that could be really interesting with the U.S. Open Cup is one competition that I think could benefit from expansion because you're going to have more quality teams in there. Yeah. But it's something that you see in France and in Italy as well. well I think would really well, well, help. The small- league we do not name, man. Well, yes, but in terms of a, of a concept of a competition, they have the big teams always play away. So as long as you're still playing USL teams, have Atlanta United go to Charleston or wherever we're going every single time. You expect those teams to still win, but that'll get a gate for those teams, which will be good for them and their business model. But eventually, when you get to the big boy rounds, it won't matter because you'll have the MLS teams. You'll be drawing those teams to play wherever it is, but it'll be more competitive because it's a cup that I think, as a tournament, people will put more emphasis on. So I think the U.S. Open Cup is the one competition that maybe doesn't mean a lot now that can benefit from expansion. Well, I think everybody loves a good, you know, Cinderella story or a good little upset. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the beauty of the FA Cup versus, you know, also our version of it with the U.S. Open Cup. So, like, the the expansion of it, like, to have a team come from, like, a semi-pro status to where they're competing with the big boys, like, People love that feel-good story, and that's that's American dream, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna switch things up a little bit uh, for this episode. This being our our year-end episode, we'll still have a couple episodes for Christmas and New Year's. Don't don't worry. But um, but yeah, this is like our last like main one for um main episode for this year. But um, you know, we uh, you know, of course, with Christmas coming up, uh, you know. We have we have a one specific question for next week that we're going to ask. Like, what do you want for? I guess we're not going to count United. Not, we'll save that for next week. But what do you want for Christmas for your? I guess your European team. You know, for next year. Well, there's three Manchester United fans here, so we all can't four four Manchester United fans here, so we all can't say the same thing. So. I'll start first and steal from all you guys. I'm going to say I want a healthy Paul Pogba. That's what I want. I want a healthy Paul Pogba because if you have a healthy Paul Pogba, I think that makes especially the rest of the team we've been playing lately. Especially yeah. when you need it. If someone that can find that final ball that can break down a deep-lying defense, that's something Paul Pogba can do. And if you look at the compilation of all the passes he's had that have hit Romelu Lukaku and bounced straight up in the air or other players like Alexis Sanchez who have no idea how to hit a soccer ball anymore, you have – yeah, exactly. You have players like Martial – Rashford and now Mason Greenwood, who are playing well. Those guys can do something with that. We've had a nice run the past few weeks, and I'm like, you know, it's like that's all I keep thinking. I'm like, you know, we're, we're playing this one. I'm like, just imagine if we had Pogba been there, and he actually had his head on the street. I'm like, and Fred's remembered how to play soccer now. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, like, it's very intriguing to see how that would how that would be. What you, what you got, Coach? Um, I just want a top four finish. <laughs> 
I want a top four I'll finish. I mean, it's kind of like that. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was a Scooter McGruder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always funny when I see him do the soccer pitch. I'm like, hey, I just want to be relevant again. I just want to be good again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're at. Um, no, I, I, I honestly do. I mean, we miss Champions League. I, nobody wants to play on Thursdays. Not even on TV. Thursdays. Not even on TV. Nobody wants to play on Thursdays. What, what you got, Rashad? Well, what I want is something I've been talking about. To you guys for the last maybe a couple days, couple weeks, maybe. I want Holland, man. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you've been talking about it for a while. Wow. The 6 4. Is this poster on your wall? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Apparently, only that run a 20 million euro release clause as well. Damn. Yeah. Big problem, though, you know who his agent is, right? No. So, Mino Ryola. Yo, uh, so, so, here, so here's the crazy part. I, I got, time he's involved. So. <laughs> Here, here's the crazy part. I'm, I'm gonna get you, you, you London guys, in a second. Um, I did not realize. So if, if you go do your, do your research and everything, uh, we're talking about Erlen Holland. He plays for RB Salzburg. And so for those of you who know your Manchester United history, you know that you know his father played for Manchester City. Al- Alfie um, Holland and Leeds. Yeah. And there is a certain certain captain of Manchester United who ended his father's career, Roy Keane. As a matter of fact, if you go into YouTube and you search Holland and and our Roy Keane, like you will see well first of all, Holland uh uh injured Keane uh, first, correct? Well, kind of. It was a bad tackle from Keane. They got himself kind of injured yeah. as well. And Keane didn't take kindly to that and it was a bad challenge. And anyone who knows Roy Keane, if there is one thing he isn't he that's got all the smoke. calm. All the smoke. <laughs> He'll give you every last bit of the smoke. So when he, when he came back um, and they played Manchester City, yeah, he he intentionally tackled uh, Alfie Holland, tore his knee up, basically ended his career, and yeah, it. So basically, you're talking about bringing down his son to United. I'm like, that would just be the most ironic shit ever in life. Now, having said that, what you London guys want? I want Crunky out, and uh, <laughs> I don't care if it's realistic. I don't care. That man and that family, they just need to go somewhere that's just not North London. Oh, my God. Because it's ruining my life. I (laughs) cannot find happiness with Arsenal if he's there. (laughs) But how do you really feel? Look, at least Tottenham aren't winning the league. We're in a situation, as many United fans, where we have Liverpool about to win the league for the first time in my lifetime. It is the darkest of timelines. I'm not happy about it. Oh, don't forget, City won the last two leagues and Liverpool won the Champions League last year. At least Spurs are still Spurs and shit at winning important things. Yeah, I would love to rewind into the uh, 2000s right now. And oh, we don't man. like majority of us. Would, yeah, we'd all be the happy. Mid 2000s, everyone sitting at this table would be happy. <laughs> Premier League titles all around, and what? and and uh, also John Terry slips in the Champions League final. <laughs> that was a great moment. You know, there's actually a poll going on right now for the greatest Premier League moments, and you want to know what's winning that poll? Aguero, Stevie G slip with Timba Came and scored our goal. That was a beautiful moment that Absolutely. I think we can all cherish. I was just going to say, that's another one we can all just relish in that right there. So what do you got, Tika, while you were wearing this resplendent Legends of the Culture hoodie? What you got, man? Man, I, um, I think we got our drug, but we got our, I think the only player that's going to be like world class is um, Tammy at the moment, at least it looks like it. I don't know what I really want from Chelsea. A defense that doesn't concede two goals a game. Yeah, but it's not like we like. I don't. I don't think like Cool Bali would fix that, or I. I just think I don't know. Can we get a say no to you know what I want? Yeah, I want, I, thank you. No, dude, we did anti-Semitism in May of this year in, in, like, in, 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 in New England. In New England, what about yeah. London, man? I mean, hey. We, Half our players. Now, granted, people you, you need you need you, know. that, you need that in Boston. You do need it in Boston, but yeah, you also need it in London as well. Yeah, you know, well, Abramovich has got the Jewish connection, so like that's how that just rolls. But if we, what I think I want for Christmas for Chelsea is um, to beat Bayern. Hakimi, I think I, I'm on the Hakimi train, man. I don't, I, don't, I think he's super underrated. Like I feel like nobody's watching him at Dortmund. Nobody realizes he's actually on Madrid squad and on loan at Dortmund. And just burning shit up, from my opinion. 
Um, I'm on FS2 at 9.30 a.m. watching Dortmund, you know. So um, I think, yeah, I think we'll, we'll secure the back with, uh, you know what, actually, I'm going I'm to backskirt this a little bit. I want a fullback who is a d- better defender than he is attacker. That's what I want. We already said Aaron Wambasaka. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you're right, man. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I want. I just want – no, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about United. I just want Italy to stop fucking up. I want them to, I want I want them to solve their racism, you know, for real. Because I'm like, you know, I think it's it kind of reminds me of, you know, how the NBA in New York. Like, I think the world of soccer actually needs Italian soccer to be good again. And it's like you're seeing this shit, and you're like, who's gonna want to fuck with Italy with all this shit going on? And it's like, yo, like you need. AC Milan, you need Juve, you need Inter to actually, you know, stand up and say, hey, we're not with this shit. Like, this, this needs, needs to stop. You're needs fucking on my transfer, job. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, and really it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, just to, to circle back on what we started to show off with them. Like, like, you really have, like, for as long as most of us have been watching soccer, you know, to – See a country just just repeatedly fuck up. It's like, where where has this been? It's like like y'all just got got the wrong people in charge and just just got got you're not listening to anybody. You're saying hey hey hey. It's like when you dig yourself in a hole and then like more like, dirt please, more well, dirt please, more shovels. No, please. it's like they made a house down there. Honestly, <laughs> seriously, like they're like, damn, these some good burrows right there, man. They can burrow. But yeah, um, that's 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 really all I got. Um, Do you want to touch on the Champions League draw real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, round of sixteen. Yes. Uh, how are we looking on that? On that, man. I'll tell you who Chelsea plays. Chelsea by the catch and L to Byron. They're still mad about 2012. Hey, 2012. <laughs> okay. hey, I can't I'll, wait I'll for Gnabry. I'll put $50 on the odds of 4,000 <laughs> to 1. Speaking of 2012, the, the, the hoodie that, 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 that TK is rocking, is ba- the name set is based off the 2012 Champions League jersey. So it's like, yeah, like I said, get you one, ftcutd.myshopify.com. What else we got in the, in the, in the draw? PSG Dorman. I think that's pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. You got Barcelona and Napoli. That's probably going to go one-way traffic. No. Uh, you got Leon Juventus. That's one-way traffic. I think your tasty fixtures are going to be Manchester City versus Real Madrid. And you have Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. So there's some tasty fixtures in there. You also have Atalanta and Valencia, but I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's paying too much attention to that one, unfortunately. He's, he's Atlanta's in it. Atalanta. <laughs> Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah. But I think they've been a surprise package in the group, uh, the group stages. I think there were some. Yeah, some some pretty tasty stuff though. So hopefully a good Champions League round of sixteen and uh, Chelsea lose. You know, before I I did want to throw in. Byron looked weak today, man. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Like they 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 got that goal at literally the ninetieth minute. That's true. Alfonso Davies was like a ghost on the left side, man. And I'm like all about the first goal. He did have the first goal. I mean, still, still, he was like our high man. Put money on it. (laughs) He was just put money on it. I'm putting money on. Put money I'm, on I'm telling you, the Chelsea odds are four thousand to one. You already got to buy Donald on the, on the name set. Four thousand to so, one. Yes. Yeah. Six pack. Yeah, we'll put a six pack on it. Dude, I, I keep one in the car, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like just whatever you want. Six pack. Um, before we uh, have, uh, there, there was one down that I did want to get. Actually, no, Tony wanted to get to uh, American Gods. Oh man, some bullshit, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man, our brother Orlando is no longer on the show. And um, I'm a big American Guys fan. It was one of my favorite books by Neil Gaiman. And then it came into a show on uh, Stars. And uh, Orlando played the character of a Nazi, the spider, or Nancy, as he's known as on the show. And uh, I think there was some dispute about the role of the character and how it was... um, the significance of ball for it. yeah yeah because if you, if you haven't seen it but there's this great uh monologue basically that he had in the first season where he is uh on a slave ship coming from you know part of the transatlantic slave trade and he's a nazi a spider and he talks about how he's talking to the slaves on the ship about how basically prepared that you are about to get effed and he goes into the whole history of almost in a poetic and a lot of symbolism 
uh, in his speech, in his monologue, basically. And several times throughout the whole story as well, that you know, he has some thought-provoking and definitely some social commentary to the current events that are going on, especially like police brutality and everything like that. Um, and so he was definitely moving the needle on that. And I love the character. And it wasn't totally in line with what was in the book, but they basically asked Orlando to deuce out because of how that character was evolving. Yeah. Like take. But, uh, but yeah, man, that, that's, that's, that's shitty. That stuff. is down. Yeah. That was my down. I'm mad about that. I, I, I do got one quick up. Shout out to Georgetown for winning their first national championship. I, I actually watched that game. Dude. Now, 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 now mind, we signed Dyke? Now, mind you, you know, you still have to understand, uh, explain to me how they were able to do like 32 substitutions during the game. It's uh, unlimited. You just can't <laughs> come back in the same half. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's, that's so college. Like, that's, that's crazy. But yes, if you haven't done so already, uh, make sure that you go on to the, to the culture shop at ftcutd.myshopify.com. You still got the, uh, the sale going on for 20% off with the promo code Santa Baby. Uh, you know, name sets, hoodies, hats, you know, we don't, we don't, hold up. Actually, we do, we do have some, um, that's, nah, nah, not yet. I, I'm talking about next week. I'm talking about next week. We'll see. But, um, but yes, uh, what else we got? We got, we got the, the socials. What yeah. FTC. I was going to throw an up or down in there. If you what, want. You, what you got? Um, well, I guess we kind of covered it, but, um, just on some real culture, I missed it like two or three weeks ago. Um, big ups to, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he won uh, the uh, the F1 World Championship. Uh, another one in the hat. Uh, it's just nice because he's kind of coming to the end of his career. And so um, I feel like um, it's just been nice to see a person of color uh, just oh, dominate a sport where uh, it's, it, it takes a lot of money as like the gate of entry. He is one off of the, war, of the record, Schumacher's record. Schumacher at seven. Yeah, so I mean, I think, dude, he's still hungry, and I think that's coming real soon. Uh, he has I, a great chance to win number seven next yeah. year. Well, I mean, Verstappen and um, and uh, and Leclerc are right on his heels. I think this next season is going to be incredibly exciting. A lot of role changes are happening. But uh, I, I just I missed that a couple weeks ago. So big shout out to Lewis Hampton for any of the F1 fans that are, you know listen to the pod. Yes, and uh, if you haven't done so already, watch Watchmen. Just get all up into that. Shout out Victor Linderloof is a writer on this uh, on the Watchmen. If you don't know, now you know. It's, it's, it was filmed here. Yeah, yes. I mean I know yes. that, but no, I, I don't you know. Also, like downtown Decatur, like that yeah. main scene was right there in the square. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But yes, uh, yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't done so on HBO, get up on that. I think, I think we met Damon Lindelof. Yeah, right. Damon Lindelof. <laughs> Sorry, I got you. I got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got it, and he does this. Same guy. What a guy. Oh, oh, and we forgot one more thing to talk about. Sal, we in a pizza spot. We didn't talk about Sal. Oh, yeah, man. man. Damn, that's right. That's right. But yes. We, 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 we ain't got no pictures of uh, any black guys up, up on here. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Passed away last. Yeah, Danny Ayello. Right, yeah. yeah, and so, uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking around the walls. Let's see, let's see. Are there any black people no. on the walls here? Huh? Oh, oh yeah. Got a roller Skater girl. girl. Yeah, 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 roller girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got one. You got one. Uh, it looks like it. That's token. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, last one. Hey, on this same note, man. I went to high school in this town uh, in South Georgia called Valdosta. There's a town next to it called Lakeland, and they painted. Uh, it was historically they paint people on the side of the walls, and this is literally a one stop sign, flashing yellow lights kind of town. Apparently, somebody got pissed off at some point in time and noticed that there wasn't any black people painted on the side of the wall. So, so circle back here we are. Mm-hmm. It's all it's always something, but yes, uh, make sure, you, uh, of course. So you guys are sticking with us on for next week's episode as well. Uh, but of course, in the meantime, where can you, um, where can you find, uh, Atlanta United Fan TV? Alright, so yeah, you can find Atlanta United Fan TV at ATLUCD Fan TV on Twitter and TikTok and, uh, and then Atlanta United Fan TV spelled out completely on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, thank Greg, you. Uh, uh, TikTok? They got TikTok, TikTok bro. <laughs> I don't have a TikTok. I'm just Tanner W. McLeod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I don't have that kind of social media footprint. I got a question for you guys. Um, I've been slacking on this, and I was like, I'd be like, oh yeah, they're gonna see TK put in order. Y'all, y'all got a promo code? I'm trying to get that Wakanda jersey, the, the hoodie. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I got you. I got you. I'll, I'll hook you up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I mean, I'll pay, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tip, I guess. I won't. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Man, it's not even like, I, I don't even have the actual, yeah, like, you know, so. There's going on here, people. We, we, we pay for everything. Yeah, I paid for this jersey. This I, hoodie, if I, I wanted, I would have to pay for it. Yeah, so I it's just. You didn't use our own promo code, to be honest. <laughs> But yes, uh, yeah. Make sure you catch up with the FTC. UTD. Social space. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Fuck Snapchat. Not even for Christmas. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yes, make sure that you uh, catch this episode. Uh, make sure you give us a rating on your on your favorite podcast apps, iTunes. Leave us a voicemail on. Oh yes, on Anchor. Yes, on Anchor. Can, yes. yes. Plus the special oh, from EPL. Left of us a voicemail. What? Yeah. yeah. Hey, drop, 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 uh, yes, Boxing Day. We might do something for Boxing Day. So we, might, we, might, we might see something on the socials. You never know. But um, but yeah, yeah. Make sure y'all y'all keep it safe, keep it happy, and just remember, just because he likes Trump doesn't mean that he's a bad person. So somewhat. But yes, <laughs> but yes. For Ringo, for Coach, for TK, for Rashad, for AJ, for Tanner, for Vera, for Reggie. I don't know how many other people I want to name right now. But yes, they got Sandy United. <laughs> but yes, the the culture's real. The culture's ever. We will see y'all soon, and we are out.